Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is a world Great morning, great morning, great morning, precious people. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the culture call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a great morning. This is the place where indeed Tuscaloosa meets the world. Listen, and of course, for the next two hours from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be right here talking a little bit about everything. That's right, everything from society to sports, education to economics, from religion to relationships. And as always, we are here to create a safe space. That's right, a safe space to have empowering, provocative, and yes, even sometimes controversial conversations. And guess what? You can participate by calling in and chatting it up with me as we learn together right here on the Culture Call. I hope that you all are ready. Listen, those of you who are your uh, first-time listeners, welcome to the Culture Call family. I am so excited to have you join us this morning. It's going to be a great morning, a great talk, a great conversation, and hopefully great input from you. Absolutely, absolutely. So welcome to the band, whether you're just driving through, maybe you're at your desk or whatever, and you're just tuning in. Welcome to culture call. And of course, those of you who always listen, thank you so very much for your support. That's right. We're about three months away from our one-year anniversary on the air. (laughs) And I'm super, super excited. We've got something planned special for March. So listen, I am telling you, it's going to be a time, a time, a time. Listen, uh, I need you to do me a favor want to encourage all of you to open up your smart device. That's right. Open up your phones and down, uh, whether it's your Apple or your, your Google phone, your Android, whatever, and go to your app store, search out Praise 93.3 and download that free 99 app. Let me see. That, follow directions. That's right. Download that free app. That's right. And guess what? You can hear me from all around the country and dare I say all around the world. Doesn't matter where you are. You can be a part of the Culture Call and Praise 93.3 all day long. That's right. Whether you're in Topeka, Kansas, whether you are in Dallas, Texas, whether you are in Jackson, Mississippi, and definitely if you're here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, anywhere Alabama in the surrounding areas, you can hear us. Miami, Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, yeah, New Orleans, Louisiana. If you download the app, you can definitely hear me. And so I thank you for doing that right now. That's right. Don't delay before you forget. Go ahead and download that app. Yeah. And listen, go ahead. Do me a favor. Send your public service announcements uh, and and your events to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can go to Facebook and just like our page, The Culture Call. And send me a message there of what's going on in your neck of the woods, in your church, your organization, your sorority, your fraternity. Yeah, whether you're a preacher getting ready to do a revival, 
Uh-huh. Whether you're a singer getting ready to do a concert, it's Christmas time, so you might be wanting to do one of those. Whatever it is, we want to let Lottie Dottie and everybody know what's happening with you. That's right. That's right. And so give me an opportunity to get on my soapbox and let everybody know. We want to see some spaces in the places when you open up your event, your event convenes, right? You know why? Because we do it better when we do it together. That's right. This is my part in helping you uh, uh, make sure that everybody's at your event. And listen, go ahead and write down this number, uh, 205-752-4800. That's 205-752-4800. And you can call in and be a, be a part of the show. I've been missing some of your voices. Absolutely. You can go ahead and call in. Also, guess what? Again, you can go to social media. If you're social media savvy, go ahead to Facebook and follow our page, The Culture Call. That's right. So many of you have been joining our page. Yeah. And I want to thank you for that. Definitely. Yeah. But go ahead and you can be a part and find out what's happening. And definitely, if you miss, if you miss a show, you can go to Apple Podcasts and follow Culture Call and you can listen to all of the previous shows. So you won't miss anything. We talk about so much on the Culture Call and I pray that it is a blessing to you. You, you, and most certainly you. Listen, um, let me see. How do I want to start this off? That's right. Uh, yeah, let, let's do this. Go ahead, sit back, relax, go ahead, grab you some water, get you some coffee. You know how we do it, Maxwell House of Starbucks. You know, you can get you some tea. You can go ahead and get you some chamomile if you're trying to calm down. Go ahead and get you some green tea if you're trying to spur up. Or go ahead and get some alkaline water and get down to those cells and wake them up and say, hey, we've got a great day ahead and let's get into the subject matter. Listen, uh, so much going on. Did you all enjoy the parade last night? Those of you who went, did you go and uh, uh, enjoy the parade, the floats, the bands, the high school bands, all those, the dancers and everything? It is indeed the Yuletide season here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I presume wherever you are in the country, uh, parades are going to be going on and safety. You got to make sure you do that. Make sure when you're in the crowd, uh, wear your mask, not just for uh, COVID-related situations, but now influenza is out. Yes, yeah, so many Sundays, so many people were out sick with, you know, flu, bronchitis and all those things. You got to make sure go ahead and take your vitamins and your supplements and all of that, especially if you're hanging around big crowds as it was on as it was on last night. Uh, definitely want to make sure you do that, because guess what? You don't want to be sick during Christmas. Who wants that? That's the pits. Right. But you got to be mindful. You got to be mindful. I pray now. I want you to pray. Anoint yourself three times a day if that's what you do. But guess what? Go ahead and get you a mask. And uh, you know that if your system is uh, not up to par, you know, look at it on television or ask somebody to uh, put it off live, you know, Facebook live, Instagram live so you can watch it. But listen, make sure that you protect yourself. Please do. Please make sure you protect yourself so that... um so that you won't get sick. Yeah, so many people I know are, you know, it's not COVID, thank you, Jesus, but it is that flu, which can be just as bad, and bronchitis and upper respiratory infections. So let's keep in mind that as the weather changes, and, you know, my grandmama used to say, uh, don't dress for the temperature, dress for the season, dress for the season, because I know in the South, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for that cool air to really set in and those temperatures to really set in, and we, we're dressing in the winter 
in winter months like it's summer and spring and it messes up your system. Yeah, don't don't do that unless you're in the in the hemisphere uh where it is summer and spring and that nature, right? So make sure you you do everything that you can to take care of yourself. Listen, we are also in advent season. Advent season. And a, a a lot of a lot of our churches don't talk about advent. They talk about Christmas, but advent season is really on the liturgical calendar uh this year. And I love advent. We just started advent at our church on Sunday. Uh, and the first Sunday candle, there's a, there's a thing that's called the Advent Reef, right? That it has, uh, one, two, three, four, five candles. Well, it can have four, but it, uh, it actually has five candles that each Sunday we light a candle and it means something, uh, powerful. This past Sunday was the candle of hope. So we, we, I'm talking about the Impact Nation. We went in talking about hope and expectation and how hope lifts our continents, countenance lifts our spirits. And we need to begin to open up our mouths and speak hope, not so much pessimism and neg- uh, uh, negativity and discouragement. You know, this is not always a joyous time of year. We acknowledge that, you know, uh, those of us who are yet walking through grief and and those who just, you know, they don't really have family as, you know, as we have it or that as as fortunate as you may have it. Listen, we understand this season. But guess what? There is hope. There is there is hope. Absolutely. And we begin to encourage each other on the first Sunday of Advent to hope thou in God. You hope in God. He is the one that's going to help your strength. He's going to help your face smile. He's going to help your countenance. He's going to lift you up. That's right. He's the glory and the lifter of your head, your shield. He's going to come through for you. That's right. That's right. And that's the word that we need to encourage each other with, that this is a season of hope. Listen, the second Sunday is coming up, and it's the Sunday of peace. I cannot wait until we talk about the peace candle. That's right. Talk about the peace candle. Because if there's ever a time when we needed peace in the world, not just in our personal lives, but in the world, it needs to be now. It needs to be now, right? Because I'm telling you, so much is going on in between Israel and Gaza. So much is going on in our uh, in our country in terms of peace. Uh, so much is going on with regards to you know what's going on in homes and racism and poverty and all. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like people have a problem with peace, right? But when when what Advent says is that when Christ was born into the world, is that he brought peace to the world. He brought peace to the world, or he came to bring peace. Now, peace doesn't mean the absence of confusion. That's not what peace means. Peace means uh, that in the midst of confusion, there is still, watch this, a calm, a focus, and a hope, an expectation that things will get better. You know, Jesus said, my peace give I to you and not as the world give peace. And sometimes I think we get messed up because we're trying to measure our peace by the world's peace and it throws our mind into into you know into certain things because you're looking at it wait a minute what you know in the place I'm talking about the very place where Christ was born where we're celebrating this month right the very place is in war in upheaval yeah the very place 
if you understand anything, is that Jesus was a Palestinian Jew, right? So for him, there was no conflict between Palestine and Israel. No, because he was a Palestinian Jew, right? And so there seems to be factions in the world. And of course, that's a big history lesson. And we don't even want to go down that path. Uh, but 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 the understanding is is that when he comes in, he brings peace to tumultuous situations. And here it is. He says something very powerful that I think is also something to point out. That he says, I know you think I just came to bring peace, but I also came to bring a sword. What does that sword mean? It doesn't mean that we kill each other or that we be violent. No, he says that sword is the sword of decision. That that you can choose. That choices need to be made. Of that that you can literally you can literally enforce a, a, a different life in a different vantage point by the choices and the decisions that you make. You know, a lot of people right now are not at peace, even though they're in this time of year and it's a holly jolly Christmas and we're singing joy to the world and we're singing Hark the Herald and Oh Come All Ye Faithful and all of the Christmas favorites we're singing. But guess what? You won't be at peace until you make a decision about some things in your life that really need to change, that 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 there's a path that you're following that always keeps up upheaval. And whether that's because that's how you've been raised, how you've been raised to fight, you've been raised to not let anybody pick on you, you've been raised to do X, Y, Z, right? And I know we talk so much about warfare, especially as believers, as in the church, we talk so much about warfare. Prayer is warfare. Worship is warfare. The word is warfare. You know, giving is warfare. That we develop this whole militant kind of mindset that we don't embrace the peace that has been afforded, afforded to us. See, a lot of times when you're in a warfare mindset, hear me now, Coach Call, <laughs> when you're so much in a warfare mindset, it will cause you to fight when the battle has already been won. It will cause you to be angry over things you really just should, you know, understand that, you know, there is no reason to be angry. That, that you know, I'm I, my family is well. I, I don't have a reason to be mad. I don't have a reason to complain, right? When you're in warfare mode and fight mode, you'll be fighting and competing with people who God has sent to really help you, to give you wisdom and to give you advisement so that you can navigate through this season. See, when you're in warfare mode, you don't know that holding your peace, being quiet, not saying anything is probably the greatest victory in warfare that you can ever have. Isn't that what... The text says, it says, listen, hold your peace, right? You have no need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours. What? It belongs to the Lord. Isn't that what the text says? Y'all know I know the text, right? And I know you know it too, right? I want to bring this to our minds as we, as it relates to, you know, this entire season of Advent. That's why I wanted to talk more today about Advent and posture our minds, about Advent. Advent comes from the Latin word aventum, which means coming, but not only coming, but arriving. And in other words, what Advent says is not only is something on the way, but something is going to get there. It's going to arrive exactly where it's supposed to arrive, right? And I love, I, I love uh, Baptist preachers because they can color that story up. He came through 40 and two generations and all of that. Yeah, yeah, that his coming 
This is a time where we really need to focus not just on his coming, but on his arrival. That 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 he is where he he came where he needed to be, right? And and that's what Evan is all about. It's a refocusing on the 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 the, the word made flesh. It's a refocusing on number one again hope, because that's what that was the reason why he was sent into the world. Number two, this Sunday we're going to celebrate peace. That's right, peace in your mind, peace in your family. Peace on your job, peace in your relationships, peace in your money, in your finances, peace in everything that is connected to you, right? Peace, peace, yeah, peace, be still. That's right, exactly. You need to understand that what Christmas comes about or Advent comes to remind you is that you have peace and I get it. There's a whole lot. If you're like me, at the end of the year, as a pastor, I'm a student. Hey, y'all, guess what? I graduate in May. <laughs> it's been a while. Listen, I've been out of studio a bit, a bit recording from the house, and just because I've been in, I've been doing my last bit of intensives in, in seminary, so that I can graduate on time. And come this May, I'll be graduating, and I'm excited about that. Right. But so many papers and so many tests. And then I've, and then I've got to be a pastor. It's the end of the year. It's time to plan for the next year. Time to meet with leaders. Um, as a matter of fact, this is our leadership week at Impact Nation. Um, uh, and it's so much still got to be a husband, still got to be a father, still got to be, you know, present in the moment. Got so many places. That's why I normally shut down my traveling cal- uh, calendar at the end of the year because there's so much going on. So many decisions to be made. And guess what? I really want to talk to you all. Talk to me. I really want to talk to you guys who are, who have a lot of stuff on your shoulder. That, in other words, a lot of the people, people depend on you. A lot of things, family, coworkers, you know, employment, you know, wherever you are, a lot of things depend on you. You're the one that's taking care of your senior parents. You're the one that's paying all the bills. You're the one that's got to pick up the children. You're the one that's got, I get it. I get it. None of us are, you know, exempt from living the daily courses of life, right? But what I do need to remind you is, is that there's a way that you can navigate all of those things and still maintain peace. Yeah, there's a way that you can walk through all of the different nuances of life and still be comforted by the peace of God and the peace of God. Paul writes in the text in Philippians and the peace of God, which does what? Pass all understanding will what? Guard your heart and mind. Now, I don't know who listening to me today, but I'm talking directly to you. You need Peace in your life. And peace is something that your daily operation in the natural life, you know, comes to pull away a lot of times your peace. And and, and we don't know how to have peace, especially as African-Americans, black folks. We don't know how to have peace because we always we've been taught that we've got to do something. We always got to be doing something. You know, uh, the trope of laziness has so been put on us and even by ourselves that Even when we know and have time where we can relax and rest and we can regather ourselves, we rob ourselves from doing that because we feel like we're being 
slowful. We're being, you know, and that's the trick. That's the trick of our own mindsets, making us think that if we're not doing something for at least 24 hours a day or at least 20 hours a day and eking by and rest and sleep, you know, that, you know, yeah, yeah, then I'm not worth this. I'm not this. I'm not that. But you need to consider, you need to think about that. What are you robbing? Your health is being robbed, uh, is robbed out of your body because it doesn't rest. You don't have a place of peace. And what I want to encourage us today is as we look at the aspects of Advent, the four aspects of Advent, that's my kind of topic for today and tomorrow, looking at the four aspects of Advent, right? Because today uh, I want to do, I was trying to wait from week to week. Yeah, but yeah, that doesn't work. But I'm going to deal with the four aspects of Advent. So you'll go into it knowing, right, that the first two Sundays of Advent is, yes, hope. And the second Sunday is peace. And then tomorrow we'll deal with joy. And then the fourth Sunday leading up into Christmas Day is love, right? And so, uh, and, and so you need to have those that understanding, that understanding. Today we're talking about hope and peace, expectation, and learning how to rest. You know, the text says in Proverbs in, uh, chapter three that we ought to trust in the Lord. And with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct our paths. That's important. That one of the things in this season of Advent I love is being able to disconnect. My 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 wife and my son, they've decorated the house so nicely. It's so, you know, pretty. Just, you know, the colors that they've chosen, this and, you know, I, that's not my wheelhouse. I can, but I, that Christmas is their thing. So I kind of move out of the way and I don't think they got, <laughs> I don't think they have a problem with me getting back and sitting down, but a place that I can come and just relax. Right. I've got a couple more, you know, a weeks of school. I've got a one more assignment due. Right. And I'm looking forward to relaxing. All of my children will be home, you know, and I want to have peace, no worries, no worries at all. You know, that doesn't say that it might not pop up, that that reasons for worry and situations may not pop up in your family. Or it, it does that. That's not what peace says. Peace says that even when it pops up, we know where we can go. We have a rock we can run to. We're not going to lose it and and try to drink our troubles away, try to smoke our troubles away, and, and, and not casting aspersions if there are vices that you're dealing with. I'm not definitely, there's not a judgment at all. But what I am saying is that when you have a particular level of peace and you understand, you understand that, yeah, I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by peace. I'm surrounded by the notion that nothing will harm me. I'm surrounded by the whole idea that even when these things come, even when these things happen, I have a place of peace within me, right? And peace is maintained by by having an attitude of gratitude. There but for the grace of God go I. You know? 
that I I believe that we've been given a heart and a in a particular fixation to be able to recognize, you know, that when we see people on the street, we see people under bridges and and we have a home to go back to. We see people who are hungry. They're at the uh the the fast food places just asking for you to buy them a sandwich or at the mall shaking their cup that we don't just walk past them arrogantly. We don't just cuz that's not what Jesus would do. We don't just we don't just walk past them as if, you know, they don't matter. No. We walk past them with in a sense of peace and helping them as we can as we are so moved with compassion. You know, you may not be able to help everybody. I was in I can't remember where I was and I was in one city uh, and this man, man, I wanted to help him, but I didn't have any cash. I didn't have, all I had was credit card because when I, credit cards, because when I travel, I don't normally travel with cash. I just don't. I, that's just not what I do. Just for my own protection, you know? And so, but I felt so bad because all he was asking for a, sir, can I have $5 to buy you a sandwich? Buy me a sandwich. And I was, my, my heart was so moved in his direction. I said, man, I really don't have it. I really don't have it. But, but I tell you what, we can walk over to this food stand and I can get you something and put it on my card and, and so that you can eat something. You see, and, and I looked at, I looked at his gratitude. I looked at him and, and, and here's the thing. Hebrews says you got to be very careful how you treat those people because you could be entertaining angels unaware. See, we live in such a capitalistic and meritorious society that we think that because people are down, they deserve to be down. And because we are up, we deserve somehow to be up. But the truth of the matter is what peace says, what hope says, what Advent says is maybe that person that you just saw was your assignment. That person that you just saw maybe was an angel unaware that you didn't even know. That was a a, a, a testing to see how much gratitude you had. Yeah. And again, I didn't have the $5. See, because we, we're always skeptical. We're always skeptical. Oh, I wonder what they're going to use that $5 for. That has absolutely nothing to do with you and me. What they use the $5 for, listen, I heard the plea. I heard the plea of I'm hungry in the purity of my heart. To the pure, all things are pure, right? And so that's very important that as we move in a place where you maintain, I, I again, I was moved by compassion. I was moved that that could have been me. That could have been one of my, 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 my wife, my children. That could have been one of my, 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 my church members, you know, on the, on, on a, in a place where they didn't have any money and was at the mercy and compassion of somebody else. See, we have to start thinking. That's what, that's what this, this season, this time of year, and I've always had that mindset, but especially this time of year. Here's what the text says, is that what you do for the least of these, you've also done it unto me. And I think we, as, as an advent, not Christmas, not how it's been commercialized, not, you know, I, I get it. We joyous. We looking at Hallmark Christmas. We looking at all these things, these shows. I've got my own favorite shows that I'm going to be looking at this Christmas. You know, I get it. 
But when you when it comes to Advent culture call, that's the space I want to bring you in. When it comes to Advent, we need to have in our minds an understanding that it's it's maybe we are the arrival. Maybe it is it is God in us, Christ in us, that is the hope for someone else. Maybe that that when we show up to Family Dollar and see someone that's a, a, a little bit short in getting getting their toys, that we will be moved and say, hey, listen, I got it. But what what don't they have? You know, I remember my wife coming home and saying, babe, I, I, this young man, he got to the counter with his groceries and, he, and his card wasn't working. And, and I felt so bad and I was moved to help him. I was moved to to say, hey, what what does he like? Just put it on my put it on my bill. I said, babe, that was the right thing to do. She said because I looked at him and he was so frustrated that he didn't have it. He was so embarrassed that you know. And I understood, and she understood why the cashier couldn't do it, but God moved her heart. That's what this time of year is. Is if you want to know if God has your heart, see how He can move it. To help somebody else culture call. If you really want to know what kind of Advent season that's in you, what kind of Christmas season this is getting ready to be, see if God can move your heart. See how he moves you to help somebody else. Have a better day. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a joy to the world. I think that's very important. Absolutely. Listen, 205-752-4800, or you can hit me up on the app and let me know how we're doing so far. We've got a wonderful day talking about Advent today. Want to bring y'all into my space. That's right. Yeah. Keep it right here. Praise 93.3 on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. More to come. Don't miss it. We are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspin Smith. Praise 93.3. It's a beautiful day, a beautiful day. And today we're talking about Advent season. That's right. Uh, Y'all know I would not be who I am (laughs) as the pastor. That's right. We're going to talk about Advent season. But I want to posture it on the backdrop so you'll know how to utilize it. First of all, you'll understand what it is and you'll know how to utilize utilize it in your daily lives. Culture call because I think that, you know, the key to uh, a pivot and a turnaround in our world is the decision and the awareness of our humanity. That if we keep acting like machines and and instruments of other people's priority, if we if we lose the sense of centeredness, if we lose the sense of something that is divine, special, and intentional about who we are, I think we're going to miss the whole priority of this time of year. And so what I want to do is bring us into a space, especially our community into a space, to maybe what the media is showing us and what's going on in the world should not be our primary priority. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a priority or should not have some level of significance in our view. But what I am saying is that when you lose your own sense of what is important, when you lose your own sense of what is significant and what your assignment is and why you are in the world, I think 
that you can be or you posture yourself to be manipulated and duped by anyone, especially in a world that is fueled by capitalism and politics. Yeah, that that, you know, that measures people by and, and, and by what they accomplish and by what they merit. You know, we we grow up in a society that says, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps all while they're trying to take your boots. <laughs> right. Right. We live in that society. And I think there's got to be a way in our community that we don't function from that same mentality, attitude and ideology that we are indeed here to help one another. I, I think I think that that's why, you know, the father sent his son for unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given as a gift. Right. Yes. A child was born and we celebrate that. But I want to dig into that son is giving as an example of how we should live our lives. Culture call so much going on, and especially when you see people using religion as a political tool. When you see labels swinging around, yeah, I'm conservative, I'm liberal, when it's really masking another reality that they can't really say with their mouth. That you, you see what I'm saying? So so we've got, what what is our distinction? I think Advent gives us the opportunity to realize what our particular distinction is from among the world, from among the culture and other communities, right? I think that is what is significant about this season. Yes, that one of the things that when I was growing up that was very important to my parents is that, you know, all of us, my sister and my brothers and I, we had to, we had to participate in a reenactment of the the nativity, the birth story, the birth of Jesus story. And we had to read the Matthean text. We had to read, we had to remember our lines and, you know, you know, all of that. That that was key and central in in, in our in our black space. You know, that was very important. And one of the things that that it taught us, it gave us an understanding of the whole story. That that even though Christ was born, Advent is a time to also understand he was born under threat, <laughs> right? He was born with his life already under threat. Let me try it again. That Christ was born with his, as, with a life that was already under threat. If you read and understand the, the text from Matthew's perspective, that his life at two years old, was on a hit list when he was a baby. He was on a hit list because the empire at that time was trying to stop being overthrown. So the best way to do that is if we can kill the baby. That's what Herod wanted. That's what he told uh, the three, the three, what we call the three wise men. <laughs> That's what he told the magi coming from the east. That he said, when you find that baby, let me know where he is. Because we want to come worship him. Worship was not on his mind at all. He was trying to wipe out what he perceived as the empire as his competition. See, so what Advent always also reminds us is, is that it is always filled with politics. It is always filled with 
uh, uh, religion, it is always filled, it's, it's a fueling of that, politics and religion. And in the midst of all of that, God sent his son for peace in the earth. He sent his son so that those who were in darkness, because I know how we see Israel today, right? I, I, that, this is why I said that I tell, I tell people all the time, what you're, the Israel you're looking at today is not the Israel in the Bible. That the Israel in the, the text, the Palestine in the text, they were oppressed people. They were oppressed people by the Roman government and by Judaism, the, 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 the priest who had found alignment with that whole governmental structure, the imperial structure. Jesus was born under that, under the rest, right? And so one of the things that we bring to bear and why peace is so important and why we must speak peace and believe peace because that is the symbol that and, and the backdrop of all of this competition and the backdrop of all of this campaigning and the backdrop of all of this, you know, name calling and in the backdrop of all of this, you know, uh, pseudo murderous assignments that, you know, Republicans have over Democrats and, and, and conservatives have over liberals and all this fighting back and forth, that there's got to be an element of peace. Yeah, a peace in the world. A peace in the earth. And that's what you and I are supposed to symbolize. That you should not be the biggest hell raiser where you are. You should not be the one that's always fighting. I got to say, I got to say my point. I, I miss you would come. That's not what, if you are, let me put it like this. If you are a believer, huh? That's not, that's not, if you're an unbeliever and you're listening to me, that's not why your life was fashioned. And the reminder of that is definitely this season, right? I know we, we, a lot of times we get to March and April sometimes and we celebrate Easter Resurrection Sunday, but have no understanding fully of what that really means because we don't take time out to understand the potency of the Advent story, of the Christmas story. Right, We don't take time to understand that he came to bring peace. Now, I, I know the story. I know the narratives. I know the text and all that. But he came to bring peace. Here is the thing. Not just so that you and I could have peace, but so that we could also what? Become peace. Peace for our families this year. Peace. For our coworkers, peace in our minds and, 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 and everywhere that we, everything that we are attached to. That doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything. That doesn't mean that I am compromising. That doesn't mean that I ignore, you know, things that really need to be. No, that's not what peace means. Peace means I've made a, I made a decision. I brought a sword. I make it clear on what side I stand on and I'm standing on that side. I'm standing on the side of treating people, everybody, with dignity, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is, or no matter what their struggle is or what we perceive their struggle to be, I'm at peace with them. I'm the, I am the one in the midst of the turmoil that says, you know, woman, where are your accusers? Where, where's your accusers? I, I have none. Okay, well, then neither do I. 
that yeah, go and sin no more. That's what decide that we are to be on as individuals and even as a community. Yes, we stand for what is right. Yes, we stand for for you know for you know against opposition of people who oppose our history, people who oppose who, who oppose our humanity, people who oppose our our genius and our mindset. I get it. I understand it. That's in the world. But that was in the world of Christ as well. That was his world. And I think that's what that's what we're missing. We we paint the picture and make it seem like everybody was glad that he came, but he wasn't. It wasn't culture call. Everybody wasn't glad that Jesus came to the earth. No. There was there was a hit on his life. That's why he had to go down to Egypt. There was a hit on his life from the very beginning. And yet he was a peaceable man. And yet he came to bring peace to cause people to make decisions on behalf of being peaceful. Yeah? And it wasn't that he didn't have all power. He just knew how to what his power was on assignment to do. He knew that if he called 10,000 legion of angels that they could have wiped out everybody. He knew that, you know, all of all of those things. He knew that he was in form of God, thought it not robbery to be in the form of God. He knew all of that. He knew he was the word made flesh. And yet in his humanity, he had to grow up. He had to mature. He had to show forth himself. He had to, you know, all, he had to make a different distinction between the empire and himself. And then when he got old enough, he got other guys to say, hey, guys, come here. Come here. And I'll make you fishes of men. You know, there were so many times that those disciples wanted to fight, wanted to be people who are, weren't people of peace, wanted to defend him. And he's like, absolutely not. They that live by the sword is going to die by the sword. If you live, if you live to fight, you're going to die by a fight. If you live for warfare, guess what? You're going to die for by warfare. Absolutely. This is why the whole world right now is looking over to Israel and say, hey, nothing about your, your nothing about you is choosing peace, is trying to find a peaceable way. You're trying to wipe and hold, you, you, try, you're trying to do this and that. And so now governments are like, wait a minute, hold it. Wait, 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 because there's something underlying it. See, that's not why we show up. That's not how we show up. That's not how we show up. How we show up are people of peace. Then you know, there are people that say, well, there ain't going to never be no peace in that, in that side of the country. Well, they could very much say that about ours. There ain't going to never be no peace between the North and the South. There's, ne- there's never going to be peace. Right? Never. That's what they say. And, so, and you can see it today playing out. Playing out. Playing out. They, we are still upset that we lost a war in the 1800s. We're still upset in the South. We call it Southern heritage, but that's not really what it is because it is not politically correct to call it what it is. It's not, it's not, it's not prudent to call it what it is. I get it. I, I totally understand it from a historical perspective. But there's got to be a people of peace. A people that walk in such a way that 
we can build community and we can build up each other and that we're not in competition. See, sometimes we can be in such a space in our minds and people create all kind of fabrications in our mind and we become, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we are against people who we should really be partners with. That we are fighting people that really should be, you know, can connect us to our favor, but we won't because we bought into this whole idea and concept that everything's got to be a fight. You know, we've developed that color purple mentality all my life. I had to fight. And by the way, this is a sidebar. When that movie by Oprah comes out, the readaptation, y'all need to go see it. You know, my son and I, we had the privilege to be, uh, had a private, I have a private screening, be at a private screening uh, in Birmingham to see it. Um, and it was, it, it is literally amazing. So when it comes out, you need to go ahead and see it. Go and reserve your tickets now. I think you can do that. But now, I think it comes out on Christmas. But yes, that is definitely a, a movie you want to see. It is amazing. It is amazing. But nonetheless, we have developed this Sophia mentality all my life. I had to fight. I had to fight my brothers and my uncles. And you're so used to fighting. You're so used to fighting that it almost feels right to fight. In church, pastors fighting pastors. Church members fighting church members, co-workers fighting co-workers, family members fighting family members. Y'all just fighting, fighting, fighting. And I, 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 and the question becomes, what's the prize though? Yeah, culture call. You're doing all this fighting. What do you win for the fight? What do you win for the fight? Yeah, I think that's the question. Before you get back in the ring again, before you get your nerves all riled up and before you get to cussing and laying your legend down, what is what do you win for the fight? I mean, is is a money is a money fight? Is a prize? What is it? You going to get a belt? What I I don't understand because you're fighting to for what? Because some fights are only worth the prize. If you ain't going to get nothing out of it, put your dukes down. What you fighting for? If you're not going to win anything, what are you what what exactly are you fighting for? What if you're fighting for more money? That's what you're doing? You are fighting what I mean, is it and when is it going to are you going to get it? I mean, think about it. What's what what's the attainability of the prize of of, of the of the of the prize of the fight, you know? What's the spoils of the warfare? See, the next time you get all up, riled up and upset and slamming doors and breaking dishes, what is, what do you get from win, winning the fight? Well, I get to say I won, won the fight. Man, please. I get to say I kept my mind. I get to say I kept my peace. I get to say, hey, I chose a different, I, I, I chose a different path because all the other stuff don't matter. You mad by yourself, and guess what? I'm going to leave you mad by yourself. I'm going to leave you mad all by yourself. And I think that's very important. Right. I, 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 that's, that, that's the whole thing. I, I'm, you, some people in this Advent season, if you're going to maintain your peace, you're ready for it. Drum roll, please. You're going to have to let them fight by themselves. Hold your peace. 
<laughs> That's right. Hold your peace. And not like Madea. Uh, and even if you got to do the mother Madea peace, hold your guns. <laughs> hold your steel, right? Your piece of steel. Hold it. <laughs> and, and, and let the Lord fight your battle and you maintain your victory. That's how you win. Sometimes the battle you won is the battle you don't even show up for. You don't even, you ignore it. And you've just won it because, won it because they don't have, they didn't have a choice to lay a hand on you because you never showed up. Yeah, I think that's true. Listen, this is the Coach Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. We're talking a little bit about Advent season. Once you get in the space, get in the mindset. Listen, we've got more to come. I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. We are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, Praise 93.3. I hope you are enjoying the broadcast. That's right. It's the top of the hour, 11 a.m. and some change. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we've been having a conversation about Advent season. That's right, about Advent season. Listen, maybe you're looking for an avenue that you're trying to be a blessing to someone. Well, I want to invite you to our church this Sunday. It's our Toys for Tots Sunday. Every year, one of the outreaches that we do is partnering with partnering with our local Marines and bringing a nice toy for kids, right? That, you know, uh, we load up our altar, load up every our vestibule to bring up little bikes, dolls, footballs, you know, games, you know, skateboards, whatever, uh, to be a blessing to children all over Tuscaloosa. And maybe you don't have anywhere to worship or you don't, your church doesn't do that. Yeah, come be a part of what the Impact Nation is doing. This Sunday, this Sunday uh, at 1030 a.m., you can come drop off your toy at our church. And I tell you, it's, it's going to be a major, major blessing uh, to somebody to somebody. Remember, you know, this time of year, we are to be the hands, the feet, the face, and the heart of Christ, right? And on uh, this coming Sunday, our Peace Sunday, that we're going to be sharing. And so we're excited. One of the Marines uh, representatives will be in service with us as they are every year, and we have an amazing time, right? So you definitely, definitely don't want to miss that. Right. And so, yeah. So if you don't have that, Toys for Tots this Sunday at the Impact Nation Fellowship Church, it's going to be a wonderful blessing this time of year. You know, I had a friend of mine that hit me up and said, hey, what you talking about today on the radio? I said, man, I'm talking about Advent. I'm talking about Advent. It's like, yo, one of your professors is going to be really happy. (laughs) Dr. Bledsoe He's going to be real happy that you're talking about Advent because I don't think we speak enough about Advent, you know, and in this area uh, of church, uh, black people, unless you're a part of the Methodist, whether you're Catholic or Episcopalian, and in those liturgical lectionary systems, you don't necessarily hear about Advent, but in the Baptist and maybe Pentecostal areas. But definitely, I think the AME, the Methodists do, uh, definitely. But yeah, and so I want to bring that to our space uh, understanding that there's a deeper meaning to the Christmas season than just what we've known. It's this, again, the season of Advent. And it is something to me- definitely wrap your mind around because I love it. Um, 
as we talk about, you know, the Advent candles, there are three purple or three fuchsia and then one pink. And then in the center is one white, the three purple, uh, the, the hope candle, the peace candle, the joy candle, and the pink is the love. And then we light that on the December 24th. And the center candle, which is the white candle, symbolizes Christ. And, and those are the four things that, from a liturgical sense, that he has come to bring to the world. Uh, hope, peace, joy, and love. And so I, I, I want to bring that into our space because part of, part of what I want to see happen in our community, in the black community, is that we disconnect and separate ourselves from the whole idea of how Christmas in our country is commercialized, you know, that commercialized and better yet capitalized and bring us back to a centering. And, you know, after Christmas uh, is uh, the celebration of Kwanzaa uh, and that that all of that ties into all of that in our Africanness. We're going to be doing a little bit of something about Kwanzaa, talking about the days of Kwanzaa and what each day means. So you definitely don't want to miss as we deal with that during this season but i want to bring a sense of centeredness a sense of connection and intentionality before we go out and buy new this and buy new that we buy electronics that our children are going to be tired of because uh, you know by the by the middle of the year um things that we can't afford that we're going to get in debt for things that trying to impress whatever and i understand it but here's the deal i think uh i, I was in a a, a session and I was teaching leaders, uh, parents, actually, I was teaching parents. I said, here it is. We are so busy trying to give our children what we didn't have as if how we grew up was so bad that we, you know, and some people did grow up in a, in a very, you know, not good way. I, and that's that's the best that I can say it. But I think we also ought to impart into them what we did have, a sense of being, you know, those you know, and as I get a moment toward, I, I miss the nuts and the candy canes and the apples and the oranges. I miss, you know, dressing up in the big velvet red bow ties with the green middle and saying my Easter speech, I mean, my Christmas speech and all of that. I miss that, that time. I miss the Christmas carols and all of that. It was a simpler time then. It, it really, it really was. And when I say a simpler time, it was it they they brought us into a focus that you know in our community we didn't play with christmas because we didn't have as much as we have now in terms of material things we didn't have as much money as we may be making now you know and so we had a sense of understanding that a part of the gift that we did have was a sense of family we had a sense of belonging we knew we were going to eat good. We knew that, you know, we were going to have, you know, the churches, they're going to make good desserts and things. And I was telling parents that that's a part of the inheritance that we give our children. That's a part of the inheritance that our children's children will will be received. You know, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but that doesn't mean that it skips our children. No, that means we put it in our children and then our children teach it to their children and that but that inheritance comes from us. That's what that means. And so, you know, in in the viewpoint of how we see the world and the viewpoint of how we, you know, are 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 
why I'm calling us to refocus because I'm asking us, are we implanting, are we inputting everything necessary into our children that they need to have, that they need to have so that our grandchildren one day will inherit a sense of understanding, a sense of being, a sense of intentionality, a sense of hope, yes, a sense of peace, a sense of joy, and a sense of love around this season, or will they be just, you know, they, they get in debt trying to, uh, you know, buy things that's going to break in a, in a moment, you know? Children still enjoy pots and pans and spoons, wooden, pot, <laughs> wooden spoons and beating on the drums. And here we are, we done spent $200 on the thing that they're going to look at for 10 minutes, maybe, and walk away from, you know, because our mindsets have been so conditioned, westernly conditioned to forget about, you know, the things that we did have, the things that we did learn to appreciate, the things that did center us. Yeah, the family, the friends, right? The parties that we go to, going over each other's house and you know, the fruitcakes that we avoided. Because if you like me, call what you call. You know, I only ate one person's fruitcake. That was my dad's mom, my grandmother. You know, she could make it. I would heat it up and eat it. And it probably was just one piece. But I, you know, but we, we like, you know, they would bring, we were expecting pound cake or some kind of cake with a vanilla glaze or sour cream pound cake or whatever. And somebody unwrapped that old, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that old a brown fruitcake. Now, I know some of y'all might like fruitcake. Don't call me. Don't get mad at me. I like fruitcake. Let me talk about fruitcake. I, listen, listen. God bless you and yours. But, yeah, but that was a part of the season. I remember my grandma going to get the, the orange and the, the, the red and the, uh, uh, the red and the, what is that, green cherries and uh, in the little canister and, you know, then get some pecans or whatever and, and make the little cake, whatever. I, that, I was never interested in making fruitcake, you know. I, no, no. I wasn't interested in making it because I definitely wasn't interested in eating it like that, you know. And I ate it to make her feel good, not because I enjoyed it. Fruit cake and coconut cake. I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever get me one of those, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> I'm, real talk, I am not. No, no, no. Coconut? Ooh, jeez, no. Mm -mm. I'm good. I am good. I am good. And I couldn't scrape the coconut off enough to get to the vanilla frosting. So I was like, nah, I ain't going to eat it. Because I will always taste some coconut, and it felt like it was crawling in my mouth. Ooh, no, that was from a child, you know? <laughs> I still have church members like, oh, you know, Pastor, you don't eat coconut cake. Don't do it, because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, listen, I'm not going to make you feel good about it. You know, you know, Pastor, sometimes, Miss Mabel, Miss Mabel made me a, 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 a coconut cake. I'm going to take it to the house, and oh, thank you. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> so that there'll be no chagrin. Don't you stay up all night trying to make me no coconut cake. I know I'm probably by myself, Coach call, but guess what? Don't do it because your feelings going to be hurt. I'm like, well, why did you make this for me? Because who ain't about to eat this is is me, M-E. You could have saved your M-O-N-E-Y on this because I'm not eating no, no coconut cake. I, you got a better chance of me eating 
a, a, a fruit cake than a coconut cake. But I digress. But what I'm saying is there's got to be something that we impart in our children. You know, something. I'm glad my children, all of my kids, they are adults now. But they have a sense and appreciation of this time of year. They're a sense and appreciation of this time of year. You know, I, that that's something that I know that they're going to give to their children. And we got to start thinking about that. What are we imparting into them, especially about Advent, especially about Christmas time? That's going to be important that they give to their children. I know you buying kids cars and I'm mad at you. If God has blessed you that way, go ahead. I Listen, I wasn't fortunate enough to have that. You know, if I wanted to go somewhere, I borrowed mama's car, borrow, you know, my parents car, whatever. And I had to have it back about a certain time, you know? Yeah. But you're buying cars, Mercedes, and Lexuses for children 16, 17. If you're able to do that, to God be the glory, loan me $20. But what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is this, is that there is something deeper than the gift orientation that we need to give our children. And black parents, we don't always have to guilt our children to give our children. That that guilt is not a gift. I ain't had this and I ain't had this. So you gonna get it you gonna give it to me just to tell me you didn't have it? That you didn't have it? And I wasn't able to get me this. My parents wouldn't have given me this. You ought to be grateful. Okay, that's not really a gift then. If 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 you're gonna complain about getting the gift, guess what? That's not yeah. That's just you know, I get it. That's how we do things sometimes. But because that's what was done to us. But no, you give it and you 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 and watch them appreciate it. Watch them appreciate it. And 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 you tell them, hey, uh, everything that you give it to the least, to the smallest thing, to the greatest thing, be appreciative, be be gracious about it, be grateful for it. Thanksgiving is not over. No, if they gave you a pair of socks like when I was growing up. I, my, my my parents, my grandparents, they were like, great, be grateful for them socks. You know why? Because somebody out here ain't got no socks. You know, they, were, they had to connect it to that, you know. And in your young mind, you may have to connect it to something like that. There's somebody that's right now walking out. You see how you laughed at that kid at school that when their shoes came off, they had a hole in their socks and you just laughed, laughed, laughed. And here it is. You got brand new socks, a brand new pair of socks under the tree. Guess what? Then... You need to have the mindset to be grateful for those socks. Right. Because somebody, you already know, somebody doesn't have it. Right? And so I can hear you. You got 20 days. That's right. Today's, you know, you got the 20 days to fix it. Get it done. 20, 20 odd days, 20 plus days, give or take. Days to fix it in your kids. Get ready. That's right. That's right. They used to give us Bibles for Christmas. You know, Bibles for Christmas and Bibles when you graduated from high school. Take the word of God with you everywhere you go. That's what that's what they used to teach us. Absolutely. That's what they used to. Yeah. And they attach gratefulness. And you ought to be grateful because people don't have to be kind. That was another one. One of those inheritances that we got. The, the, the whole idea of gratitude because people don't have to be nice to you. And that is true. People don't have to be nice to you. So whenever someone is kind to you, 
then you say thank you and you and you show it with appreciation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I told people, hey, about that coconut cake, that because I, mm-mm, nope. If my mama was still alive, she would be like, he telling you the truth. He ain't never. I, that, mm-mm, nope. I don't care how pretty the right, white frosting is, the coconut, the coconut just messed it all. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. What is your focus on? Uh, what are you what what are, what are you focusing on in this in this season? I mean, hearing what you've heard already, what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? Making sure you are, you stand in the line, standing at Toys R Us, standing in you know traveling all over Atlanta, traveling everywhere, you know, ordering off of Amazon, uh, you know, what what's your focus? What what are you trying to? You know, if if and and I, and I don't want to be dismal. Let me qualify this by saying it is never my intention to be dismal, grief, despair, because I don't live in that space. But if if Christmas was your last day, what would you want to be known for? What would you want to be known for? Yeah, I mean, if Christmas was your last day on the earth, what 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 mark did you would you like to leave in the world? And I think that's what Advent brings us back to. Not just the not just the coming and arrival of Christ, but you know, why did why why did God send you here? What you here for? I, I know you I know you're looking at my paper on, on my test. I know you're looking at my exam and you grading me. But why are you here? Why? Why? Uh, why what, what? What's the purpose of your advent? Your personal advent? I mean, what are you making better? What have you brought joy to? I mean, yeah. I, that's that's what this time of year about. Cause it, cause it, is, is it to be a pain in, in, in somebody's neck? Ah, it wasn't. Let me just go ahead and say that <laughs> it wasn't. But are you showing the aspects of advent? Are you going about doing good? Are you encouraging people? Are you making their day brighter? Who are you reaching out on to on your job, at your church, in your family? To say, hey, I just want to, you know, I just want to uh, just call you and text you and tell you that I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm just glad to have you in my life. That's one of the things we always start off with, in, in, especially in our church. That's a part of the culture of our church. That one of the things we do, we didn't got a song. And one of the things I say is that I'm t- tell tell your neighbor, I'm so glad to have you in my life. Right? I miss you when I'm not here. This Sunday I talked about that it is it is hard to miss your absence when your presence was never available. Who are you present for? Who are you here for? You know? Who are you here for? Whose life lives really? Are you here to make better? I think that's important for us to ask those questions of ourselves. Yeah, I think once we figure that out, we're clear by why Jesus came. But why are you here? What you here for? Huh? What are you here for? And I think if you can't answer that question, if you can't, answer that question i think it deems it it says something very important about us right 
I think it says something very important about who we are. You know? There, there are people that right now don't like you and don't even know why they don't. They've been on other conversations with people who have an issue with you, and those people don't really know, can't even articulate truthfully, you know, that you can be about your everyday purpose, and there's going to be somebody that finds fault. That's, is that is that your prerogative, though? You know, there's always going to be somebody that says, I find no fault in him. There's going to be somebody. So you got to stay focused on what 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 are you here for? What is your advent purpose? Is it to is it to bring peace? Is it to you know expound hope? Is it to 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 show forth joy and love? Is it to represent Christ in the world? All this faith and everybody every day I open social media they they fussing about something, fussing about who's worthy, fussing about who should fussing about this and fussing about that. And they think they're right. The issue is not about right all the time. Jesus didn't come so you could be right. I come that you might be right and have right more abundant. That's not what he said. He said, I come that you might have life. And sometimes the most important thing is to put down your, the most ethical thing to do is to make sure that somebody lives. Not to research their resume and all their rap sheet to see if they're worthy according to you and your religion to see whether they're worthy to live. No, your call is to help them live. That good Samaritan did not stop and say, mm, he isn't, he's not a Samaritan. I'm gone. I'm out. He's not a part of me. He don't believe like I believe. He don't see things like how I see things. No, he put that that man who had fallen on his his existential crisis was that was that Samaritan's purpose. I got to help this man live. Because remember, the Bible says he was half dead. See, a lot of times our job is to help somebody live. To help somebody get better. Not to be fussing and arguing and all oh, they this and all oh, they ain't that and all oh, it. No, no. No, it's, it's to help them. Religion teaches us to judge to see who qualifies. And that is wrong. That's not what this time of year is about. No. It's to as many as was received. To them he gave power. Right? He is the light that shines in the darkest place. And I believe that that is our own personal advent. That my job, your job, call to call, my job, your job, is to go out and let our light shine. To be good. To do well. To feed the hungry. To give somebody a, a, a meal. To wrap them up a plate in some aluminum foil and take it over to their house to a senior citizen whose family didn't even come to see them this, this year. If they can't, if they're, if they're uh, you know, sequestered at home and take it and, and go see about Miss Annie. Go see about Brother Bill. Say, hey, I, I, you know, I know you can't come out. I know you couldn't come out today, but I just wanted to wrap you up and bring you some of what we had today to make sure that you ate, to make sure that you had a Merry Christmas. Yeah, we put you on our Christmas list too. That's what it means. Anything less than that 
We are missing the point. We are missing the point. I remember we would uh, have, uh, it, when I was growing up, we would have Christmas in a little place called Cross, South Carolina with all of our family. We would get together and we would take, before we went home, we would stay all day. We would go there and then we would go to my dad's family in a little place called Ridgeville, Lebanon, South Carolina. And then we would go and stop. And my parents had presents for certain people that they would go take and place. I'm going to wrap this up and take it to X, Y, Z and, you know, ABC. You know, I'm going to make sure that they have something. And that, I think that stuck with me. It stuck with my brothers. We That's just kind of in our framework and our notion to whoever. And, and, and a lot of these people... We didn't know who they are. You know, you know, we were be kids at the time. Mama, where we going? Who we stopping? You know, daddy, who are you taking that plate to? Who did? Because, you know, <laughs> you know, we want to, it's like, no, I'm just, we, we just being a blessing to somebody. Yeah, that's what it means. That is what it means to be blessings to people, to be to, to to come and arrive that you may never know this. And we say this as a side put, but I think it's, this is true, Culture Call. I think it's true that we may be the only Jesus that some people ever see. We may be. We may be the only kindness that some people ever experience. Our presence may be the only peace that some people ever enjoy. Yeah, I think, and, and we need to take that notion. We need to take up that notion and say, hey, I got to get myself together. Maybe I've been looking at this the wrong way. Maybe, maybe I could cook a little extra and I, and I put that plate to the side when I'm fixing, you know, cut, slicing up the ham and slicing up the turkey and the chicken and whatever you cook, whatever, I don't know, you know? But whatever it is, you put some to the side for a couple of people who you know may not have anybody to help them, may not have anybody. You know? Absolutely. I used to, you know, invite all of the, the singles to our house or our leaders and people to our house who we knew were in town that didn't have family. My wife and I, we would invite them over to be a part of our family and eat. You know? Yeah, you hang out with hang out with my family, so you won't have to drive hours for yours. I'm not saying that you don't have any, but we'll be your family. Now we will we'll come and be a part of ours. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the things that matter, and those are the things that I want to think that we need to get back to. There's an African word called sankofa, sankofa, which simply means to recover what's in the past, to recover with the past, to remember the past. That. That those these are the things in my mind during this time of year that I go back and reach back to what you know Curtis Preston and Ruth Ruth uh, Queen Esther Ruth taught and you know and Joseph and Lynette and Myrtle and John they taught me I, I I go back to those things I go back to what my parents and my grandparents taught me is to be kind to people because people experience you and I. They don't just meet us. They don't just, you know, befriend us, but they experience us. And I want people, when they experience me, to leave empowered, to leave smiling and to leave joyous, to, you know, that's why I, I trend on the side of humor. 
because I want people to know that I'm not a stuck-up preacher. I'm not just quoting King James, these and thousands and thus, and I don't have a, a heaven or a hell to put them in. I don't know. I want them to experience me. Like when Jesus was coming somewhere and they saw him from a distance and they were like, you know, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. That, that's how I want people to experience me. And that's how people need to experience you. That's how. Yeah. Yeah. They need, they experience you. They experience you one time like, nah, nah, I'm good. Who go? That's why we ask this. Who all going to be over there? Because if they say the wrong name, guess what? We ain't coming. <laughs> we ain't even bothering to show up because we've experienced them before and we're like nah I'm good nah nah nope 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 I don't like how I feel when I'm in their company I don't like how I experience them because you and I are ultimately experiences and my question is call to call I don't know all of y'all name by name, but I know you hear me. I want to ask you a big question. How do people feel when they experience you? You are a human being. How How is it when you come into the conversation or if they know you're going to be there or when you walk into the room? I'm not talking about people that just have an issue with you, just to have an issue with you, with you. But I'm talking about how is it, what, what do the general population, how do they experience you? How have they experienced you? I think that's a good avid question, don't you think? What happens when you arrive? Is anybody excited? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, this is the Culture Call right here with yours truly, L. Smith Smith, right on Praise 93.3. That's right. 205-752-4800 is our call-in number. You can drop me a line on the app that you've downloaded, right? Listen, there's more to come. I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. We are back right here on the Culture Call with your Shirley Elspeth Smith. We're about to land this plane in just a minute. I'm telling you, what a conversation that we are having about Advent. And I wanted to bring back in these next few minutes just an idea. How, yeah, how are people experiencing you this Advent? That, you know, you and I have come and arrived into the world and, you know, you know, people experience us. <laughs> they feel us. They, that yeah. But are you making a concerted effort to be that person of hope? To be that person that when somebody's around you, you're speaking positive. You're always saying, hey, you can make it. This thing is not going to break you. That you're always, you know, uh, positive. And then you're always encouraging. You're always telling them, hey, look on the bright side. That you can find the sunshine on a cloudy day. Thank you, Temptations. <laughs> right? Uh, 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 yeah. How do they experience you? Do they experience hope when they meet you? Do they experience peace? That you're the person that said, hey, it's okay. I understand you're upset, but calm down. Things are going to get better. Uh, don't Don't make any rash decisions. You know, that, that, that they find soothing around you. They find, you know, yeah, peace around you. They find uh, a calmness when they're around you. Or are you that one that's behind them? Yeah, if I was me, I would, I would get them too. If I was me, I wouldn't like them either. I'm, uh, you just stirring up wrath. You're that kind of person. Is that you? Yeah. 
Are you that person of joy that you're excited about it or for even the smallest accomplishments of the people that are around you that you cheer them on and you rejoice when they rejoice? That you come in being the life of the party, giving them a perspective. Hey, you know, there is strength there that you, you come bringing energy into the room, positive energy. Yeah. Are you or are you that person that's a, a Debbie Downer? A Dennis Downer. No joy. Sapping and zapping all the strength out the room. They see you coming and they got a problem and you you got to find a bigger problem than they have. Tell me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's you? Is that you? You know? Are you a person of love that says, yeah, hey, whatever, what? listen, I know you made some crazy decisions. Your decision is not going to change my determination to love you, to see your full value, to see your full worth, to see that things get better. Your existence matters. Yeah, that you being here matters. Are you that kind of person or are you that kind of person that tries to hate people? They, 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 they do that. Did you hear this? Did you? I mean, you, you just one big hateful Voice box. Every time you talk, gossip comes out of your mouth. Is is that you? Yeah. What has your arrival meant to the world? Yeah. What has it meant to the world? How has it gotten better since you've arrived? I don't care if you're you're 15, 16. I don't care if you're 60 or, you know, 16 or 60, 7 or 70. What difference has your life made since you've been here? What difference has your arrival made? What difference when you what difference do you make when you, when you go into spaces? Are, are you one that keeps us fussing in the in the choir? Yeah, you. Are, are, are you the one that's keep keeping up disruption in the usher board? Is that is that you? Are you the one that's adding chaos and calamity on your job? I'm talking to you. That's right. Is that you? Then you might need to change that. Because you weren't sent for that. You were not sent for that. That's not why you or I are here. Now I get it. There's sometimes you that you you may have to be you may have to check some folks, and there might be sometimes where you have to be you may make them honor the boundaries of respect that you've set for your life. I get it. I understand it, and not mad about it. I promise you, I'm not. I encourage it because sometimes you gotta let people know. Okay, wait a minute. You don't have to like me, but listen. But you gotta respect me. And if you don't respect me, here's, well, here's, here's the next piece of that. I refuse to be disrespected. So I have to straighten that out. Now, there may be times. And then there may be times that that, that that situation is not even worth it. And you just walk away from it and just let them keep what they have. That was one of us. That was one of the big assignments God gave me back in January. And I shared it with the church because God shared it with me. Is that hold your peace and hush. Don't you defend yourself. Don't you get on social media? Don't you get on? Don't you get up in this pulpit and talk my X Y Z A B C? No, you hold your peace. Let 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 them see the resilient, obedient side of you. 
fulfill your assignment. Do why I sent you here. Put, yeah, that's your, yeah. There's so many negative things that you could talk about, but choose to speak hope. Choose to speak peace. Choose, decide to speak joy, to live in joy. Decide to not just speak, but to show forth love. In other words, decide to live in this world like Christ, the center candle. And I want you to evaluate yourself today. I want you, yeah, yes, you all the way in the back acting like you can't hear me. You hear me. <laughs> you hear me today. You, I know you do. I know that you do. But like the old saying said, I rose this morning <laughs> to challenge you. I rose this morning to make sure that you understand who I am, who you are, that you were sent with purpose in mind, that you were sent understanding. Yeah, understanding that if you have been sent here, then you are somebody's advent. I want to say that again because that was good to me and I know it was good to you. You are somebody's advent. That your arrival and your coming, yeah, your coming and your arrival is making and going to make the difference in somebody's life. It is. It is. It is culture call. And we teach our children that you were not a mistake. You were an advent. I, 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 we didn't got to talk about how you got here now. <laughs> we don't have to talk about because, and I, I love how Jesus got here because that's controversial as well. That's how the book starts off. That's how the gospel start off. His arrival made you side eye too. That's why even now some people can't receive him because of how he got here, how the records say he got here. Huh? In human terms, we get the advantage, oh, in, 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 in noun terms rather, we get the advantage to read that Mary talked to an angel and the angel told her. That we get that advantage. We have that advantage. But back then, they didn't. So imagine that they didn't have a, that didn't have a Bible like we have to give us an update, the Matthew and the, you know, the Luke text. Imagine that they didn't have that. And, you know, here's this pregnant girl coming to tell my, the Lord, I'm, I'm carrying the Lord's baby. And here this man who's supposed to marry her, you know, is looking like, I wonder who she been with. See, think, think about how messy that would have been if we had been back in that time. Well, Jesus was born in a mess. He was born in the parking lot for animals. That's what a manger is, a parking lot. And they found a trough, you know, what animals eat out of. To put him in, because there was no room in the inn. That was that was how he got here. See, so yeah, I know that you may have gotten here, or your child may have gotten here in a messy narrative, in a messy background. That it wasn't, it wasn't all nice, and it wasn't all churchy and religious, and it was wasn't in a hospital with two married people. No, I get it, but still. Your job, my job, is not to explain 
how they got here. My job is to bring clarity and purpose to their advent. Now that you are here, what is your life supposed to do for someone else? What does your life mean? What does your life say? Why are you here? What hope and peace and joy and love are you displaying? Are you showing? What is that? Yeah, what, 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 what is that? What is that all about? And our job is to bring clarity to that. That's what our job is, is to make them understand, hey, you ain't just... I know X, Y, Z, you, you wish you could have been done like that. Okay. And I, there is no record to know that Jesus complained to his parents because I guess when he was born, you know, you know, uh, Joseph was his father, you know, Mary was his mother. It wasn't until he got to the Jordan that he heard his real father say, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. It's not, it's, it was until then. And at that time, history says he was 30 years old. So 30 years. He, he thought that Joseph was his father. You know, and better yet, better yet, even before then, he knew that there was something different about him. When he had to tell Mary, hey, well, don't you know that I've got to be about my father's business? So, yeah, he was a little strange kid. <laughs> you know, history records that as well. So I get it. All of us have strange narratives. All of us have strange autobiographies. All of us could take time and get on this show, Culture Call, and say, listen, I know it. If you want to know my parents, X, Y, Z, all of us could do that. But the truth of the matter is, let's stop talking about how you got here. Don't let that be a prison. Let's talk about now that you are here, whose advent are you? Whose life and day and minutes and seconds are you ordained to make better? Who? Who? Man, listen, I'm sure I have a plethora of people, even in this city, that don't like L. Don't know me. They don't like me. And that's cool. I get it. And there used to be a time when I was younger that I I thought that my purpose was to to defend myself, right? I, that, now, though, as I've gotten older, God has assigned me to a people. God has assigned me to a territory. God has assigned me to a national assignment, a local assignment, and I cannot spend the sum total of my days worrying about those made up, those adversaries who have made up a warfare in their minds against my existence. I can't listen. I, I I cannot I can't spend the rest of my life trying to play down my accomplishments and my success that are unto the glory of God simply to make them comfortable about their insecurities. I can't do that, and neither can you. No. I'm going back to school to get my degrees so that I can help somebody become better. Now, not to lord over anybody else. You gotta deal with that and your perspective. That ain't mm-mm. I had this one lady meet me. She's like, you are so different than what I heard. And I almost did a, a Jesus in Matthew 16. Who do men say that I am? <laughs> I mean, you know, but I said, oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you got an opportunity to finally meet me for yourself. That was what I said. 
I am grateful that God has given us an opportunity to connect so that you can go back and tell whoever told you that they lied to you because the person that you met was a blessing. And that's what you want people to say about you, Culture Call. Listen, I see the runway, I tell you, and I'm putting the wings in position so we can land this plane. I, but I need you to keep it right here. Got a lot to come right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. Praise 93.3. Keep it here. Don't miss it. This is the world and it's been a wonderful day, and I hate to leave you all. I'm telling you, it's been an amazing, amazing day. But guess what? Tomorrow is coming. That's right. I'm speaking hope and expectation for you to join me tomorrow right here as we continue to talk a little bit about Advent. That's right. The next two Advent Sundays. That's, I don't want to wait the rest of the month. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Right? Yeah, of joy and love. I think there is something that we need to posture in our hearts and our minds and our mentalities as we go forward. And uh, the reality is, the reality is, is simply this, is that once we, I think, as as we come back to understand what Advent Christmas time, you know, really means, and I think because we don't really, in a commercial, cultural sense, refer to it as Advent season, but more of Christmas time, that we miss some of the divine aspects of what this season really means. Yeah, that I think that one of the things that people do is they sequester a certain mindset and a certain mentality uh, regarding certain things. And and it, this becomes that, and this becomes this, and this becomes that. And we miss, I think, a revelation of our relationship with what this really means. Uh, you know, I try not to be deep but this is a prophetic moment. I think that every year we get to visit a prophetic moment of what this really means. And, and when I say what it really means, how we become the embodiment of Advent. There, that, that, that there's a particular theology and mindset that we have as God is up here and I am down here. We hear it in our prayers. We hear it in our songs. We we speaking and thinking in our lives when the reality is it is Christ in you is that God is in me that I am his temple that yeah as long as Jesus's body was in the earth he was Emmanuel but now God is in you and I and so that makes us Emmanuel that means that we have an upcoming and an arrival and my challenge to us this week is what do we do with that? Are you the unopened gift? Are you the gift that somebody's been waiting on to make their life better? Are you and I the ones that really, that when we show up, someone gets joy? Someone that come, becomes, you know, gets peace. Are we the answer? Uh, and that doesn't negate because it, we understand greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. We understand that we don't do these things apart from him. But now that we have him on the inside, right? Oh, what a change in my life. Then what is the reality? What is the aspect of that notion? 
What is what are we to be doing as Advent season is here? Are we somebody's Christmas? Yeah, that's the question we want to answer. That's the question I'm going to leave you with today, right? Are we somebody's Christmas? Absolutely. Listen, as my grandmama and my mama always, always say, I love your bushel, I love your peck, and I love your hug around the neck. This has been the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith, right here on the greatest inspiration station, Praise 93.3. Need you to keep it right here. Have a beautiful and blessed day. Be at peace with someone, with everyone. Follow peace with all men. And make sure you put a smile on somebody's face. Listen, I love y'all a bunch. Have a good one.